Hello, and welcome to the Faith, Health, and Home podcast. Joining me today is Dr. Jay Shaw, board-certified cardiologist, to share more about how to better navigate the confusion and fear when faced with the uncertainty of our own heart health or that of a loved one. Stay tuned. Faith, Health, and Home is coming up next. Welcome to the Faith, Health, and Home digital podcast. I am your host, Makeba Giles. Here we share information and resources for physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being to help families live an inspired lifestyle and encourage healthy living. Thank you for joining us. Blood work, stress test, EKG. We all have probably heard of these terms before when it comes to heart health. Still, in some cases, various cardiac tests and treatments are reasonable yet others could be unnecessary and even harmful. It's important to become more informed of cardiac care options to make better decisions based on your individual needs or that of a loved one. With me now to share more about this is Dr. Jay Shaw, board-certified cardiologist and epidemiologist in Boulder, Colorado, and the author of Heart Health, a guide to the tests and treatments you really need. Thank you for joining me today, doctor. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. Now, first, Dr. Shaw, I want to talk to you about your book. Now, you share some very eye-opening patient scenarios throughout the book that most anyone can relate to, whether it's via themselves or a loved one. Um, tell us a little more about those and a glimpse of what other highlights readers can ex- expect. Uh, sure. Uh, so, uh, over the years, I have... Um, seen patients in my clinic and worked on how to explain complex ideas uh, of healthcare to the patients. And over time, I finished those ideas and I wanted to spread that much farther. And that was the circumstance under which I decided to write this book. Uh, all of it is based on composite patient stories, uh, which mm, like you said, anyone can relate to, and it's easy to understand. And that itself uh, gives the reader an idea about how and what happens in the healthcare system. If one has to take a summary of what the book is about, it is really breaking down some of the myths but also helping you navigate the healthcare system. What are the circumstances under which the tests are helpful? What are the circumstances in which they are not helpful? And what are the circumstances in which these may be harmful even? So it talks, um, it brings the reader to understand those things and it breaks down five myths that uh, I'm trying to eradicate among the readers and the patients, which is more testing is better. I want to tell the audience that more testing is better if you are having symptoms, if you are at risk of having the disease, but randomly doing tests just because the insurance pays for it is not good for you, your health, and your body. Number two is that most heart-related issues lead to heart attack and need to be worked on immediately or emergently. This is true if you go to the emergency room with chest pain. EKG shows heart attack. This would hold too. However, outside of this, 
which is 95% of the rest of the scenarios, most issues can be dealt with in a more composed manner. There is enough time to weigh the options and even to get a second opinion. The third issue is that surgeries and procedures are always better and are ultimately needed rather than medicine. I want to tell the readers that is not always true based on scientific evidence that we have accumulated over the past 30 years we understand that medications actually work just as well if not better number four stents save life i want to tell the readers and the audience that stents do save lives if you are having a heart attack outside of that circumstance stents do not prolong life they only help relieving your symptoms and they do so almost as much as medicine do. And the fifth myth is that everything that the doctor does is for my benefit. The readers have to understand that under the medical system that we live in, doctors who provide service collect fees for those services, meaning thereby if they provide more service, they collect more fees. So there is every incentive to do more testing, more procedures, and some of them may or may not benefit the patient. So that is the message I want to bring through this book. Thank you for sharing all of that. And, and um, you definitely touched upon um, the different myths and even the misinformation currently out there about heart health. And I just want to dive into um, a lot of those bullet points that you shared. Now, one of the things that you discussed was heart health testing indeed. So um, tell us from a patient perspective, um, when will a patient know when is the best time for them to ask for heart health testing and what specific tests should they be asking for um, when they're speaking with their health care provider? Absolutely. So uh, let's go through it uh, in a more concrete manner. Uh, so if the patient is experiencing a certain symptoms, uh, in that case, it would be advisable to go to the doctor and ask about what is causing that symptom. And at that point in time, the doctor will say, you know, uh, it could be related to your blood count, it could be related to your lung issues, it could be related to sleep deprivation, it could be related to your heart. So we are going to do testing for those four things. That is a very reasonable approach. On the other hand, if you go to the doctor for an annual checkup and everything is fine and you're getting uh, the blood count done and looking for kidney function and the doctor says, by the way, you're now at an age where we should do stress test. Well, if you're not having any symptoms, there is no benefit to doing a stress test under those circumstances. Even if you have had a heart attack in the past and are currently doing well, there is no need to do a test when you do not have symptoms for it. The American College of Cardiology, the American Heart Association, all of those professional organizations are asking doctors to refrain from doing that kind of testing because we know from scientific evidence that when 
patients undergo testing without having symptoms, we do not gain any benefit from such testing. So, uh, so that's when if a doctor says we are going to do this test, the patient should be a more informed and educated consumer and say what gain will it give me? And what do we do if the test is positive? What do we do if the test is negative? Is this really, is the test and whatever treatment that follows, is that going to prolong my life? If not, why, do, why are we doing this? Because I have no symptoms right now. I'm doing as well as I could. So, do, so that's how I would approach uh, the healthcare system by asking questions and then understanding the information. And if you are not very clear or you're thinking, well, this doesn't sound right, there is always time to get a second opinion. In my book, I mention a scenario where a patient was prescribed or recommended bypass surgery and he was saved from bypass surgery by just getting second opinion with another doctor who looked at it in a very unbiased manner and said, no, your heart arteries are clear. You don't need to go through another bypass surgery. We also know historically that we have had cases in this country where physicians and surgeons were performing bypass surgery when not needed and the federal agents had to intervene uh, take away the license from these physicians and levy fines on the hospitals which were doing it. So I want to inform the con uh, readers and the audience that that can still happen and you have to be careful. Absolutely. That's very good information that you're sharing today and I appreciate you sharing that. Now, you um, also talked about um, surgeries and various treatments for health and heart emergencies. And let's just um, dive into that a little more now. You talked about um, surgeries and how you share those patient scenarios in your book and you touched earlier upon medicines. Can you share with us the difference between medicines versus those invasive procedures um, like the surgeries when treating heart health and what people should know when they're presented with those options for treatment? Absolutely. Um, so in terms of surgery, let's look at the commonest scenario, which is uh, patients undergoing a stenting procedure. This is where the doctor puts catheter inside the heart, uh, injects dye, and looks at blockages in the heart artery, and then puts in a stent to open it up so that the blood flow is better. Now, Logically speaking, it just sounds wonderful that it's better to have more blood flow than less, which is absolutely true. However, study after study has shown that these trends are no better than medications in terms of prolonging life or preventing the next heart attack. Medications do equally good job and they do not come at this humongous cost and uh, it does not have the same level of complications. And remember, even after you get the stent, you still need to be on medication. So it is not a replacement for medication. It is an adjunct and it is no better than using medication itself. So if you're going into the hospital with a heart attack, 
you're having crushing chest pain, shortness of breath, uh, go, you go to the emergency room, they get an EKG and you're having a heart attack. Under those circumstances, stents will be beneficial. Anything outside of that, it is not beneficial. So when you are faced with this situation, you should be very clear about what is it going to accomplish. Uh, if a doctor says it's good for you, that's not good enough. You need to know very specifically what is the life-saving potential of that treatment or that surgery. That okay. is number one. Number two is which symptoms are we addressing with this specific surgery? And number three, you have to look at your own individual circumstance. For example, if you are 86, you have kidney problems and lung problems and another heart surgery is being recommended. I think you and the family should ask as to what value is this surgery going to add when the patient is already suffering from the lung disease or the kidney disease or dementia or what the case may be. So it is very easy to fall trap into let's do this and it will be good. Not everything we do in medicine is life-saving. There are very specific scenarios where it will prolong life and under other circumstances it will not. So you have to ask, especially in reference to your own individual uh, situation, especially at an advanced age. Absolutely. Now you also touched upon um, how certain doctors uh, may jump right in to do quick fixes or things that they feel may fix the situation when mm -hmm. they are actually harming the situation instead. So um, tell us for those people who are kind of left to seek out their own cardiologist, um, what should people look for when seeking out a cardiologist for the first time to assess them with their heart health? Yeah. So uh, one of the things I would look for in a cardiologist is somebody who sits down in the clinic, somebody who's not looking like he's in a rush to go over to the next patient or the next surgery. So number one, you want a cardiologist who will sit down with you and try to understand your situation from yourself rather than reading the chart and making choices. We are all individuals. If charts were to be able to give answers, computers will already tell us what treatment we need. We don't need human beings in that case. So you need a cardiologist who is willing to sit down with you, understand your individual situation, and then tailor make the test and treatment for you. Number three, you want a cardiologist who will not only understand your situation, but also explain to you what test is he recommending, how is it going to be done, but more importantly, what benefit you will get from it. And somebody who is willing to tell you about what risks and complications one can expect from uh, this test, so that you can make a wise choice. If all this information is very technical and you do not understand, I believe you have every right to ask again. And if you don't understand, it may be time to get a second opinion so that you understand before you jump into this. I see patients day after day who go um, to the cardiologist 
they don't understand the technical language and they agree with everything that is done uh, without even understanding it. I will tell you, I never go to a car mechanic, give him my credit card and say, do everything that is needed. We all participate in the process, we understand what is needed and decide if we want to get that work done or not done on our car. We should treat our body with the same and higher level of respect uh, than we do with our car. So I would choose a cardiologist who is willing to sit down, talk to you, understand your individual situation, explain what tests and treatments are needed in a language that you understand. And if you make a different choice, say for example, he's recommending a surgery and you say, can I uh, try medication first? I would stick to a cardiologist who is willing to walk me through that also. If the cardiologist says, if you're going to do medications, then I don't need to see you for another year, I don't think that uh, doctor is wanting to work with you. I would look for another cardiologist at that point in time. Those are some great tips there. Now, um, lastly, Dr. Shaw, um, we all know that heart health care and the rate of survival after a heart emergency has evolved greatly over the past decades. Um, you've talked a lot about um, stents and other treatments and medicines. Um, tell us what other advancements do you currently see right now um, in the area of heart health treatment and also um, some that you even hope to see in heart health care and treatment over the next five to ten years? Yes. Uh, so we um, have a lot of high-tech, but also a lot of low-tech strategies to help. Um, what research has shown over the past 20 years is after a heart attack, the sooner you can get a stent put in, the better it is. Further down the road, if your heart is weak, then the uh, progress that medication treatment has made even up until this year is tremendous. Every year we are seeing newer medication which are helping as much if not better than some of these surgeries. And third, more and more scientific evidence is coming to the fore how much patients can help their own cause at home. Uh, and though it may seem boring, or too much time consuming, it is quite helpful. Sticking to uh, a good healthy diet, quitting smoking, regular exercise. We all talk about this and it seems, oh, so boring. However, that is where the battle is won. It is not in the surgical suites, but it is at home and in the gym that we are winning the battle against heart disease. It is by quitting smoking. It is by going to a healthy lifestyle, uh, heart-healthy diet, and also for the next level up, keeping an eye on our blood pressure, taking our blood pressure medicine on a regular basis keeping an eye on our blood sugar and keeping our diabetes under control, all of that has tremendous benefit on heart condition. And think of heart condition as a culmination of lack of exercise, poor diabetic control, poor high blood pressure control, poor um, uh, tobacco use, and so on. And by cutting back on that, we are really helping 
make our heart healthier. Absolutely. And then what are some final thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience today, Doctor? Uh, I want to leave the audience with the thought that uh, think of your health uh, health care as hospital care and home care. And please know that home care is 90% of the battle. Quitting smoking, regular exercise, low-salt diet, um, healthy dietary habits, controlling your blood pressure and controlling your diabetes is 90% of the battle. The rest of the stents, bypass surgeries, uh, pacemakers and so on are 10% of the solution. You can do 90% of the work at home yourself. Uh, and, And that is the key to having a healthier heart. Excellent tips there. And again, Dr. Shah's book, Heart Health, A Guide to the Test and Treatments You Really Need, is available now for purchase at all outlets. You can pick that up. We'll also have links um, as well listed at the end of this broadcast and on our website at faithhealthandhome.com. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Shah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on the show and the opportunity to talk to your audience. Envision your brand, event, product, or service advertised right here in this space. For more information, please email us at adsalesinfo at faithhealthandhome.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Faith Health and Home Digital Podcast. For transcripts of this episode and others, visit our website at faithhealthandhome.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast and be sure to connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you for tuning in.